It's Hockey the Podcast and it's Talking Tokyo ZA. Another day of great hope, great optimism and a great first half display whittled away by a less than impressive second half and a disappointing end to a game that offered some great potential. South Africa going down 4-1 to Great Britain, the defending Olympic champions and uh Yes, so much to be positive about in that first half and obviously a bunch to be negative and disappointed with about that second half. These things happen. This is hockey and uh, moments can swing everything. But uh, joining me to to digest this are uh, three people far better placed than me to give you their thoughts. Bridget Key, AJ Spearingshook and of course Sia, who was on our, pre- uh, our preview show. Um joining me now good afternoon lady and gentlemen uh thank you for joining me and uh yeah uh bridge we'll go straight to you uh you were our last minute substitution injury replacement uh for today's <laughs> show but yeah i mean another fantastic opening by a south african team yeah listen um it was absolutely mind-blowing i i watched the game on my phone at a friend's picnic birthday and there I was jumping up and down because I was trying to, you know, not show that I was watching on my phone um, and being distracted to my mates. But meanwhile, I just couldn't resist the excitement of that first chucker. It was, we were world-class. It was, it was incredible to watch. Our goals were clinical. They were team goals. I mean, that cross from Ntuli onto Kasim was just one of the most, rewarding goals to have ever watched as a South African hockey player, I felt. Um, yeah, and then we, you know, uh, the, the rest is, as they say, history, sadly. Um, but but what a way to step up and show our capability as a hockey nation in that first chucker against one of the best sides in the world. And it's something that, of course, the girls would have been inspired by. And, and we saw... Uh, a very similar opening quarter today. Obviously not quite as gung-ho and uh, uh, expansive, but AJ, uh, a very good first quarter for the SA woman today. Yeah, I think it's it's again one of those cases of of, of us going into a game, uh, having, having, I think the girls did take a little bit of inspiration from the guys last night. Um, they, up against a GB side, we don't, in the ladies section, we, don't, we haven't played many times. Um, so it was always going to be fairly new to us, but a, but a good start, good good uh, positive signs, and and after seeing that first quarter, I was very excited to see what the next three quarters would be, knowing that we were up against a, a team like GB that that had all those big guns playing against us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go for it, Bridge. I must apologize, Tara and I. As a late call and substitution, I'm, I missed the team talk. Um, and so I got excited about talking about yesterday's game in anticipation for today's game. Um, so I'm now up to scratch and hopefully we'll be, you know, up to team talk capacity. Nothing wrong. I mean, Bridget, I think that it, it, it was a good point to talk about because we felt a little bit of um, that positivity, uh, that, that mm. inspiration coming through from the girls. Absolutely. And, as, and on AJ's point, I just think 
you could see it in their confidence as they sung the national anthem this morning. Um, they just looked like they were ready to bring it. And I think stamp the authority on the hockey space, maybe off the guys' momentum of yesterday, but um, maybe also off their own and that they want to, you know, make sure that the crowds know who they are and um, make sure GB kind of stepped back and took a breath and went, oof, we got a game on our hands. Sia, I mean, uh, that GB side today, in truth, did not look very very much up for the game in that opening 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Did we miss an opportunity to put the foot down and put the pedal down and try and uh, catch them? Because obviously, second half GB were a completely different team. Yeah, Ty, I think it goes back to the fact that there are four quarters in the game. Most likely that most teams will will take the first quarter as a, a quarter to identify what's happening on the field and sort of get intact what they, what they see from the opposition in order to counter-react to how, how the opposition set up. And I think the fact that we haven't played international games and other teams haven't necessarily played too many games against us. It also gives us a little bit of a, a little bit of an edge because teams won't know how to approach us. And I think in some way we should have we should have maximized on that opportunity. And maybe it could have been a, a game that could have gone another way. Yeah, absolutely. We are also joined by Owen and Vimby. Owen uh you obviously watched the game this morning and, and must have felt a bit of pride at how we set up our store and how we took that opportunity um, in in that first quarter. Oh, are you there? All right, so uh, we did take an opportunity. Nicole Wellraven or Nicole Erasmus scoring the goal um, on her 50th test cap, uh, a special moment for her and a moment that would have lifted her up. AJ, I mean, at that point, at the end of the first quarter, we led 1-0. And uh, in the second quarter, we really did hold Great Britain at arm's length. We also had a penalty corner. We had an opportunity to get back into it. Um, but then ultimately, we conceded a minute before halftime, coach's nightmare kind of stuff. Yeah, that's 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 something that obviously is is something that you definitely not do not want to have. I think we had defended quite well at that point. We had sat back, not deliberately sat back, but because GB had most of the ball, they just decided to sit back, and we held our areas really well. I think it's a it's an interesting thing going into um, a, like a halftime team talk. Once a team has just scored, it, it, it almost changes your team talk slightly. Um, because there could have been a sense of, of obviously real disappointment when when we conceded the equalizer, and it, it just changes the mentality a little bit. And obviously we had defended by quite a big portion of that of that chucker. Um, we were in that that mental zone, and then once the next half started, um, GB were were all over us, high pressing really aggressively, um, and that's when things changed a bit. Yeah, and, and then in the second half, they completely um, they completely overtook us. They really did. And unfortunately for uh, Marizan Marais, it was not a day to remember as uh, uh, as the penalty corner looped past and she missed that. And then it was her error that uh, uh, led to Anzo's goal. I mean, see, uh, yeah, 
what do you make of a moment like that as a national player? Um, you know, what, what do you make of a moment like that? And, and how do you lift a player like that? Because the one mistake almost seemed to lead to a second. Um, so I think, I think those mistakes could happen to literally anyone, whether it be an experienced player or an unexperienced player. And I, I think it's, it comes down to the game in the moment. And unfortunately, uh, the tap, the tap that's the tapping from the drag flick from England that obviously was just misjudged and it had hit the post. So either way, if it could have gotten a touch, maybe a stroke of luck could have gone another way. And maybe that could have shifted uh, Marzen's comp- uh, confidence uh, when outletting in the second mistake. I mean, we can't be, we can't go too hard, too hard on her because I mean, we've still got a couple games to go and a lot to play for. So it's just a matter of just taking it uh, one quarter at a time and just uh, reevaluating decisions going forward. And I think the biggest thing is that the team, the team know that yes, these things do happen. It's field hockey, but how she bounces back now will will, will show us whether she has she has the determination it takes to to step it up the next game. This will be a big a big tester for her. Bridge, one of the things that I noticed was after the the the, the third goal, the second mistake, uh, which was really unfortunate, as it just probably took the game out of reach for us. I didn't see anyone go over to. Uh, Marizen and encourage her, lift it up or anything. Uh, I mean, if you were on the field, if you were the coach, what would you have done? Would you have tried to pull her off the field? Would you try to have a word with her? Because her, uh, yeah, her, her confidence level obviously dropped, and we saw it in her body language. Yeah, of course. Yeah. As a coach, I would, I would obviously let her come, come take some water. Then. Then we go over just uh, she knows that she's made the mistake. There's no need to harp on harp, harp on things during the game. And after the game, we go and reevaluate uh, watching video. And I think it also comes down to senior players also saying, "Hey, let's get let's get going here. We've still got another another uh, 14, 14 to sixteen minutes to go." And that's what team dynamics are about, especially in these big to- in these big tournaments. If if results aren't going our way, we need to make sure that. We're, 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 we're helping each other as much as possible. We're trying to get the best out of each other because if, if we score a goal, maybe that could lead to another goal that ends us uh, drawing the game and that changes the script completely, especially if it's a lapse in the third quarter. We've still got the fourth quarter to fix things. And yeah, it's a game of momentum. Yeah, we, we, yeah. yeah go for it, Bridge. Sorry to, to jump in there, but I, I think something massive credit to to Rob on his decision. He didn't pull Marazin straight away after um, her, you know, her mistake. And I think that could be a make or break for an individual, um, particularly a younger player like herself. I mean, she's got a few caps behind her name, but, um, you know, confidence going forward is, is key. And I think Rob as a coach, uh, whether it was a decisive decision or just by default, keeping her on and letting her just at least play out a little bit longer and then get that sort of um, unfortunate circumstance, you know, play it out as opposed to just sitting on the bench means that um, Marazin as a player probably will go into another game, at least with that behind her, as opposed to with that on her shoulders. Um, and I think that really, really is something that I, I give credit to, to Rob on um, as a coach and, 
Um, you know, the, as I'm pretty sure the players will slip through it and chat to Marazin and um, she's a strong girl and she, she's mentally strong. And I think that she'll, you know, she'll be able to use this as a learning opportunity as opposed to one that destroys her hockey going forward. I, I think of that moment when Pitti scored a similar goal in a, in a World Cup, if I'm not mistaken, um, as a striker against... Oh, I'm, no, I'm not sure, but she she did the same thing. She just read the defender so well and scored a fluke goal, just like Ray did here for GB. And it was just, you know, it's it's unfortunately how it goes sometimes. Um, it's one second decision that, that can change a game, uh, no matter the sport. I think, yeah. sorry, if I can just if I can just touch in there, I I, I completely agree with what Bridget Sia is saying. You know, a, a mistake like that, and and this. I'm going to go further back now. A mistake like that is something that, yes, can happen to any player. And, I mean, you look at Diane yesterday. He could have passed, he could have shot. But the point is that if he had, and, and I add the two of them together, if they had been in more match-specific situations, international matches throughout the year, those type of mistakes they could have made, by the time they get to the Olympics, they don't really, they limit those mistakes. And that just boils down again. And, and, and it frustrates me because, we are competing, we, and, and it's, it's exciting and frustrating at the same time. We're competing with the big teams around the world, which we know we can, and it's the small little things that are letting us down. You know, 3-0 up, and then we lose 5-3. 1-0 up playing well, and we lose 4-1. And it's, a, yeah, frustrating, but exciting at the same time, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I explained it yesterday that I was very disappointed, and the fact that I was disappointed made me proud. You know, and I, and I had a chat with Gareth Ewing after the game yesterday. And um, I, I said that. I said, you know, I'm proud because I'm disappointed. We, we don't compete with Netherlands. We never have. In all the years we played, they, they, they win comfortably. And the fact is we competed. Um, but at the same time, there was an opportunity there yesterday and we missed it. We lost out on it. And I believe that the same can be said for today. I think uh, the men were probably in the game a lot longer yesterday. I think the ladies, the, the second it went to 3-1, I thought that was curtains. I, I didn't see, we're just not creating enough circle penetrations to get three goals against the Maddie Hinch. Um, not yet. Um, you know, and, and it's a very young side. It's a side that, you know, you had three debutants. You have most of the players have less than 50 caps. And that lack of international experience is massively telling. You know, we're, we're seeing times of, uh, of, of ill discipline that also comes from a lack of experience, misreading the situation, uh, making the wrong foul. And I know that sounds crazy, but almost choosing the wrong foul to make. We, we're not maybe referring all the right decisions. The referrals were a bit better today. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed. And in that, it makes me a little bit proud because I want to <laughs> see us compete. But I am disappointed because it was an opportunity. Yeah, Ty, like, just to, just to touch on a point about youngsters, especially in the international space. And I love that we bring it up because I think it, it is also a very good thing because – because other international teams have never seen some of the people that have come up in our ranks and have played against them. So 
they don't know what to expect. There's no homework done behind them. Maybe they might have seen them seen them at a at a junior Olympic uh, youth Olympic games or a junior World Cup, but skill sets over a couple of years uh, improve, and that that kind of also like gives you an edge. And I think I think if you look at at all of the Olympic teams that have been selected, half of half of the teams have their next cycle of players coming in. Half of them are almost phasing out, and for me, this is exciting. It's exciting to see because now when we look towards either the Com Games next year or the World Cup or Paris 2024, there's going to be some, some interesting things to look at from, from an external point of view because now there are players that have never been seen. There's some who are only seen at Olympic Games. There are some that have only been seen at one or two international uh, test matches. But now it's going to it's gonna raise eyes for everyone, and and I love that. Yesterday and today uh, showed glimpses of glimpses of of brilliance because now it's gonna be a hey, this is an opportunity for SA hockey to come onto the map now because people are excited. They see that we have so much potential, we have so much that we can do, but with the right backing and the right and the right consistency going forward. And I think that's the beauty of it all is that. There is room. There's room for other beautiful things to grow from this. And regardless of how the results go, we've opened eyes to the whole of South Africa. The people that play in other sporting codes that were excited by yesterday's uh, match against against the Netherlands. And some were excited by today's first quarter against GB. They get close to 150 million pounds worth of of, uh, sponsorship. And that right there is an example that we are capable of doing something so special out there with the right justification and the right people behind us. It's, it's, it's a really well put thing, here. My question though is this, is will we see these two moments of disappointment lift the teams, both the men and the women, or break the teams? Because mentally, you know, a lot of talk in the hockey community is around the fact that mentally – we're just a little bit short. And, you know, rising up from a disappointment like this, and, and AJ, I'll bring you in, the same can be said. We saw it with the SA women's indoor side carrying a few of the scars of, of 2017 into 2021. You know, these things are hard to shake off when you have an opportunity. When a player like Diane Kasim has an opportunity like that to put his team 4-3 up and he misses, um, you know, are we mentally strong enough? Do you believe we're mentally strong enough to take these and use them as motivation? Or are they going to be something that affects our performance in the next uh, few days? I think both teams are, are, in a tricky, are in a tricky situation. I mean, the men are up against a Belgian side that is looking, with the Australians, looking seriously, seriously good. So that is a, it, it seems tricky to be able to come from a game like the Netherlands and then play the Belgians. Although I still believe that the players will be seriously, seriously inspired with the day's break today to, to give the performance needed for Belgium. The ladies are some, a similar situation. They play the Netherlands next, and that's, it's, it's hard. But this is where the difference in being a, a top-level player comes in. Um, can we shake off those things and arrive as if it's a completely new game and not carrying any mentality. For example, the men should not be taking the mentality of the way that they played against Netherlands necessarily into Belgium because it's a completely new game. If we do that, we could potentially 
be on the wrong end of that result. If we go into the game with a completely new mindset, but still staying positive, then I think we would we will do well. Same with the ladies. I think you need to obviously take something from those games because there are lots of learnings, but it's almost like you have to arrive at a clean slate. And I'll use an example. I was watching the triathlon this morning. There was a false start, which is odd for triathlon. It never happens. Half the guys jumped in the water, swam about 100 meters, and then had to turn around and come back without the half stood on the line. And strange enough, the three medalists came from the guys that jumped in the water. And the commentator said that those guys, now their nerves had gone to serious anxiety because they've jumped in and now they're even more nervous than before. And they could shake it off and win. And the three of them won medals. So it's, 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 I think that's going to be the key for us. I think the belief level is there. Whether it truly is belief that when we play against a, a team like Belgium and we are, let's say, I mean, it will be, let's say we 3-0 up again. Do we have the belief knowing that we can keep that 3-0 lead and not lose? That's the question. And I don't know that answer. I don't know if that is. But knowing the guys, I, I have a feeling that they, they could have that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's that ability to say to yourself, it's now 2-0 or 1-0 up. We're going to make it hard irrespective of who we're playing against, you know. Um, so because I had friends in the Netherlands who were saying to me, well, they're 3-0 down, but they never doubted that the Dutch would come back, would, wouldn't come back. They always knew that they would come back. So why can't we necessarily as Africans have that same belief level, knowing that we're 3-0 up against the Dutch. I don't care who you're playing. We need to win that. And I know the guys are hurting from that, which, which, which we all are. So I feel that the, the, the level that, that we are, we do have the belief level. I think we just need to start showing it now. The ladies definitely showed it in the first quarter today. And they, they, I, I would, I would, I would want to be on this African side in that you don't want to doubt this African teams at the moment. We missed one Olympics. We are not going to try and miss another Olympics. And you can see that the players are fighting their butts off every minute of the game because of a great opportunity that has been given to them. Yeah, I fully agree with with AJ there. And I think another thing is that we have to understand that as international players at any level, you just have to be resilient. Regardless of what happens, every team is prepared. Equivalently, they've, they've done they've done their yards. And I'm pretty sure after yesterday's fixture, Belgium have prepared accordingly for South Africa because that 3-0 could potentially be them. And it's a build, it's a build on from that. And we need to just make sure that as South Africans, as, as the players are, are going through the emotions right now, they remember that feeling. They remember the feeling of, of us uh, winning 3-0 by halftime and losing the game 5-3 at the end because those moments define, define what will happen next. And I think the biggest thing is that in SA, we've never had a consistent 60 minutes of, of fully-fledged, consistent hockey. We've either finished off really well or started the game off really well. And I think that's what separates us from the rest at the moment. If we're able to keep those, those consistent numbers and build up and finish 45 minutes of the game uh, better or finish the whole 50 minutes, because yes, there'll be mistakes in field hockey. But the more we build on how we play is what will determine whether we'll be able to compete in, in, in future in future games. I don't know if you guys remember the test match we played against Germany uh, at Witz. That was a, a good example because guys took it one chuck at a time. And the more the longer you stay in the game, the more belief you have that you'll be able to, to pull a result off. And we came really close. We just missed a chance. 
And like AJ said, if we'd had more preparation games before that, in order for us to take those half chances, maybe that game could have been 2-1. And then it, ta- it takes on another, another type of confidence to the, to the game. And then now when we come to major events, now the, the other part that also gets down to is that we haven't been a team that have been able to make it past the playoffs in, in, in big major tournaments. And it's going to be a bold-on effect every time. The better we get at doing these small things, then we can take it to the next level and be able to finish off playoff games. And maybe, who knows, we might be a contender for, for a medal in the next, in the next couple of years. So it's something special that is available out there. I'm not sure what your thoughts are, Bridge. Yeah, it's so um, exciting in many ways because, uh, like, I refer back to, like, Djokovic. He always says, I mean, he's the best tennis player in the world, and he always says no matter the game, um, he'll take it just for that game. He won't think about the player. He thinks about the game and his playing off that. So he could be playing against, you know, uh, Roger Federer, or he could be playing against a unseeded tennis player, total novice, you know, uh, yet he still prepares himself um, for that game in the same way. And I think that that's quite exciting is that if um, as South African hockey players, we can start to adapt that mindset that we prepare ourselves to play our system, our philosophy, our mindsets, um, our style, no matter who we play against, sort of like um, the boys did and the girls did in the first chakra, they played their style. And then all of a sudden you you see a slow, slow change in psyche, a slow change in style and things like that. And I think that's unfortunately, as we've all said several times, lack of international games, uh, lack of, you know, like playing under that pressure and things like that. And then subsequently we revert back to a different mindset. Um, and I hope in the future that this sort of spark and excitement that we're getting with these goals that we are scoring and this, the limited little bits of play that we are playing uh, that is our style um, inspires our future. And as we speak about it, you know, Commonwealth, World Cups, future Olympics, uh, that that's going to be the map that we're putting out for those future hockey players. And, you know, um, again, we look at Louis Oerstes and, you know, he's one of the best golfers in the world, uh, yet he battles to finish. But he's got his style. He's there. He's right there. We're there. We just need to finish. We just need to have that slight shift. And I don't know how we get it, um, you know, but something's got to just... Maybe it's a whole philosophy around all South African hockey players. We all need to believe in it a bit more. Uh, from the old players to the young players, you know, we all speak about, oh, do they have a chance? We shouldn't be speaking like that. We should rather say, uh, here goes our team. Regardless of chance or not, let's see how they play, you know, as the individual, as the team, as the style. Uh, but we all have this mindset of going, sure, we are against Great Britain. How are they going to play? Or how are they going to play about against Belgium? Da, da, da as opposed to, geez, Kasim's got the hands for days up front. Um, Wallraven, uh, War her injection is so quick, you know, she was brilliantly placed for that um, little slap. And, you know, all those things is, is we could change that psyche and become better ambassadors for our game, for our future opportunities, is my opinion um, on it. And, and I think that that's why 
maybe as Ty said, you know, you get so excited and then sadly the disappointment of the loss of the game comes in because the excitement of our potential and then um, it's, you know, it's mirrored equally and sadly the disappointment of the loss because we know there's so much there. We know what we can do. We know what we're capable of. Um, and I think our players need to believe that and also stick to their discipline and believing it. Don't give up on themselves. Um, so our girls tomorrow, you know, yeah, of course, you're going up against Netherlands, but that's regardless. They need to also look at it as another opportunity to map out the future, uh, another opportunity to show everyone and, uh, you know, like for the commentators in the game to actually throw out their names, go, oh, geez, uh, KP, great moving in the middle or, you know, that injection from South Africa, great moving off the top of the D for the shorty or things like that. And all of a sudden our name becomes bigger. We become more motivated and that just filters down into the future games. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just a massive optimist um, about hockey, but uh, I'll hold on to that <laughs> continually. <laughs> Reggie, absolutely right. Because uh, there's also parts where I think calls, uh, I think calls like 50-50s, if, if, if players are unknown, a little bit better for for connecting or or talking to umpires in a positive or more frequent way. I think there's 50-50 calls on either it being like a, a free hit outside that could upgrade to a short corner will go our way. And I think, yes, we've been hard done with a couple of calls. And some of those calls would have gone a completely different way and changed the game if if, if things had, had gone our way. It's so funny you say that, and I'm sorry, my last little point on this, and I'm sorry I'm talking so much, but I just get excited, in that um, I remember Rusty saying this once, um, you know, and he's a highly experienced goalkeeper and things like that, but he's also a very talented um, manipulator of the umpire, and um, he smartly said, you know, when you approach an umpire, you rather say, good blow, but just, just you know, maybe if... Um, in the future, could we try this angle about the blow, you know? And it's, it's just that slight change of arrogance or should I say um, approach to be slightly more confident and then come across as, you know, we've actually, we know what we're doing out here, guys. We, we, can, we can do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think what we have seen from the South African sides is the ability to compete in. Over the next two days, they're going to have to dig deep because the women are up against the world champions, the unstoppable force that is the Oranya. Uh, is uh, they don't they don't quite pronounce it like that, but uh, the it is uh, the Dutch national team. They are sublime. If you watch them at the European Championship, it is a scary thing for anybody to have to stand up and have to play against that team. Uh, it won't be easy on the back of two defeats, but we'll, we'll hope to see some great heart. Of course, for the men, let's why not? Let's just stick with world champions and take on Belgium next. You know, so we've gone from uh, European champions to to world champions, and so South Africa are going to have to. The men are going to have to bring an absolutely amazing performance. Of course, uh, we have seen that Belgium have arrived at the Olympic Games with full intent on taking home the gold, beating both Netherlands and Germany so far. Sia, I know you're going to be uh, not uh, not uh, a neutral necessarily in this, but uh, 
can we do what we did to Netherlands against Belgium? And is or are we realistically and and sh- or should we realistically be thinking the points that are more likely up for grabs are against Germany? We know their game better. Let's let's make sure we are at a hundred percent for that one and just limit damage against Belgium. But you know, would would that kind of mentality be discussed? Um, yeah, I think I think we have to respect the fact that uh, Belgium have come in and absolutely dominated in the games they've played so far. Uh, we we can't take away from the fact that they prepared really well. We've also prepared just as well, but obviously without many international games. But I think it's essential that we say it's it's all about on the day, which team arrives. And like we saw yesterday, um, Netherlands had a slow start because of the weather conditions. But those were the conditions we're more used to and more prone to in our country. So maybe that might play a little bit of an advantage. And yeah, whichever team wants it more tomorrow will definitely get the results. And I do believe if we if we stick to our fundamentals and get and get our, our game plan right and remain disciplined more than anything tomorrow, we could limit, we could either get ourselves a point potentially or even uh, limit the score as, as much as possible because we're banking on, on two fixtures right now, which are Canada and potentially stealing a point away from Germany. And I think that that can go either way. So it's, I think it's very important that we ensure that we're just, we're just as prepared as, as Belgium and we make sure that we, we are very disciplined because we've, we've thrown away a couple goals due to our discipline, getting cards and just small, small, small irrational, irrational tackles that have given away PCs. The, le- the more we limit those, the more we limit the, the attacking threat on the PC for, for Belgium. We'll give ourselves a chance. And, and AJ, maybe just bringing you in here, obviously, uh, hockey has changed in the sense, uh, in the sense that every match has world ranking points now. Um, and so South Africa, we lost 37 points against Netherlands. We lose another 30 odd today against uh, uh, Great Britain, and, and they heavily weighted at the Olympic Games. A draw against the Germany or Belgium could earn us more than 30 points in return. A victory against Canada, who are ranked higher than us, could earn us a lot of points. And why are points important? Because we want to get back into that top 10, knocking on that door, get through into the top 10, and bring stuff. Has that, do you think that has factored through to the players yet that, you know, it's not based on final position anymore. Every test match has a ranking. And, you know, after you spoke about it, we can bring you in there, Sia, just to to talk from the player point of view. Are we considering world ranking points in every test match? Has our mindset changed? I I think I'm I'm hoping that the team definitely did discuss it at the start, Um, especially after the Netherlands game. You would think now that you can steal a point anyway, um, you know, and you can go back to, to to teams like I always go back to the USA when they played. I think it's 2014 World Cup, where they were ranked outside the top ten, and I think they came fourth in the tournament. And it's purely because of that performance and that belief. So I I reckon definitely that the SA guys and and ladies have discussed this. I think it after like I said after the Netherlands game, I think it's very important that you you don't. Bank games, for instance. Okay, we're playing the Belgians. Then we'll, the world number one or the, one of the top teams. We 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 okay if we maybe you know. I don't think that's the case. I think we're going to go full out, 
all the way. I mean, against Belgium, I, there's only two ways I reckon they're going to press. They're either going to press really deep to eliminate guys, Brown's flicks behind, um, uh, his overheads behind their defense, or they're going to go really high. I don't think they'll be stuck in the middle. I suspect they're going to start really deep because they don't want the likes of Mustafa them to get in. So when you discuss things like that, then yes, it's very, very, very important that every game um, that every game gets taken knowing that you are have got points up for grabs, especially the German game. I, I'm still, my, my heart is saying we're going to do well against Belgium and I really hope we do, but I, I'm almost eyeing the, the German and the Canadian game, like really genuine, not just draws. I spot wins there if, if we get things right. Um, if we get a result against Belgium tomorrow, massive bonus and just then adds on to the fact that we do belong there. The ladies, I still say the same thing. There's no reason why we can't be competing and, and having putting together four chuckers like we had in the first chucker today against the, the, the Dutch side. And who knows, get a draw win against them. They're more ranking points. You know, so yes, it is very important. And, and I believe always that you play every game as if you're gonna as you don't you don't target certain games because you want to save legs or whatever. You, you got your you got your protea and your flag on your chest and you're just playing at hundred percent from start to finish, especially what we've seen from both teams. I mean, because let's be honest, those those girls and guys have put in a serious amount of effort beforehand and you can see it. They 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 they're giving their heart and soul on the field and it's it's really, really as a as a supporter on the side, it's it's amazing to see. So yes, the points are vitally, vitally important. Even if we finish in a position that we don't want to, if we can still pick up a point here and there, oh, it's going to be unbelievable for us going forward. Uh, See, so yeah, just just the confirmation that we're looking for. Have the rankings started to form part of players' thinking? Uh, yes, Ty, they definitely have because we we speak about it in our whole project that we do have over the next couple of years, because every cycle we, we have objectives that we've set for ourselves and the coaches are, are very honest with us and are realistic with us as to what are the ramifications should any results go either way. So between the top five, the top five is just to make sure that we, we, we play to our structure and we, and we focus on, on how we play our game. And I think that's where there's a lot of room for development. And then there's the top five to top 10. Uh, those, are the, those are the teams that we can normally put uh, take results from. Uh, the teams from, from 10th to our positions are definitely teams that we need to win against because those are the teams that are, we're competing for, basically, in order to get into the top 10 space and teams below and rank below us. Uh, we need to make sure that we we take the result from them. However, however way it, it takes, sometimes it will be a gritty will be a gritty performance. Sometimes it will be a very very easy performance. Sometimes they do sneak in an odd goal here and there, and that changes the shift completely. Sometimes we will be under pressure where we either a goal down and we have to make it back. But it's field hockey at the end of the day, and anything can happen. But we have fundamentals that we've set for ourselves uh, regarding which team and where they're placed in the in the rankings because those points affect us from entering tournaments and potentially getting involved in other future future opportunities that avail themselves. Yeah, Sia, so thank you for that. I think it is uh, useful for all listeners that, you know, the, the world rankings changed. Every match is worth points. Uh, in the outdoor men, Australia back to number one with uh, their victory over India. 
you know, things are very, very fluid there and, and it can change significantly. So, you know, we're not just playing. If you're at the tournament, you're not at the tournament. You're still playing for ranking points. And the Olympics is the most important tournament, which means all matches are multiplied by 10 in terms of ranking points. So a normal test match against Holland, you'd lose three points. But it's an Olympics, you lose 30. So there's big opportunities, big uh, regrets when you, you don't deliver. And uh, there's something more to play for. Last question before we wrap up uh, for today is, Bridget, we have now had almost our fun share of nicely timed games. Uh, tomorrow is probably the last one. And then we start our streak of 2.30 in the morning games. What is your advice for listeners on how we're going to get through the lack of sleep over the next three days? Well, Sure, Jabu, that's um, a good one. Yeah, I, I must say it's a question mark on me if I'm going to be up uh, watching at half past two in the morning. But um, uh, my dedication and passion hockey probably means that I am going to wake up regardless. Uh, so I think get your uh, cup of tea and cuddle up uh, next to the pizza. It's probably warmer than the bed these days. Uh, here in Joburg, it's freezing at the moment. So and zone in and watch or else do a pre-record and make sure you watch it first thing in the morning while you doing your morning exercise or yoga or something i don't know uh so that you make sure that you're backing backing teams because uh those are going to be big games those ones that are bright and early um and they they key ones to watch and you know how it always goes someone's going to ruin the result for you if you don't watch it live <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> i uh... Always watch it live. <laughs> I, I, I had the debates uh, this morning. I, I decided to sit up and watch Henry Skuman in the triathlon and then go to sleep yeah. and wake up for Tatiana and the Blitzbach. And yeah. uh, I made it, I decided I'd just watch the Tatiana and, and, and the Blitzbach on my phone in bed. So I managed to see Tatiana and I watched the first four or five minutes of the Blitzbox, and then I woke up at seven and I had to find out if they'd won because, yeah. So, so for hockey, I'm definitely going to get out of bed to make sure that doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. But uh, Bridge, thank you. Sia, thank you. AJ, thank you. To the woman, congratulations on a great first quarter. Take that, package it, and apply it for 60 minutes, mm -hmm. and you're going to be ruffling a lot of feathers in this tournament and coming home with some great results. Tomorrow, let's see if the men can uh, upset Belgium, stop them on their march towards Olympic gold. Let's see. Stranger things have happened in sports. Why not start with us? Thanks, guys. <laughs>